everybody. Welcome to this week's AMA. Uh, we're here with QX and Marty. Hey, guys. How you doing? Me? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, hanging in there, fighting off some sicknesses, but I think we all are from the sound of our voices. So we'll yeah. be in the be miserable together. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, yeah, not those kids. That time of year, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, what's, so, what's new with you, Joe? Oh, what's new with me? I've been preparing for rolling out Rosen. That's probably the biggest uh, thing on my side. Um, you I... know, distributed coordination, uh, getting, you know, the cold wallet set up at the moment, uh, making sure the supported tokens are there. Then we're going to release some watcher tutorials, right? Um, hopefully at that point we can get some community feedback, education, future tutorials, and, uh, yeah, see that, uh, part of the network spin up exciting times. Uh, for those of you that don't know, SIGs are, SIGs are a guard for those watching. And to be part of this process, to watch it spin up and watch everything that's involved and watch the coordination that's involved every step of the way with wallet creations and um, uh, uh, getting private keys for things and spinning up Docker images is absolutely um it's amazing that it's going the way it is with how many people are being guards here and the joint effort that needs to be going on. So it's really cool to be part of that. So we appreciate uh, Air, um, Rosenbridge um, allowing the SIGs to be uh, guards right in this, uh, right in the beginning here. It's really cool. Yeah, we've been working with them too. Uh, Ergopad is going to be one of the guards as well. So it's been an interesting process. Um, it's really well organized considering how many people need to make synced up multi-sig wallets. So it's been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, what, what did, um, who is it was, um, Louis Vatra said at one point, um, you know, the, the, the security of a multi-sig wallet is sometimes it's even hard to just get something out when you have everything aligned anyway, <laughs> something like that, which is pretty, pretty truthful to that matter. Um, yeah. What's up with you, Marty? And what's up with, uh, Ergopad, Padilla, Coinecta? Uh, did I miss one? Crux. Crux. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Uh, we've been busy, man. Uh, we just did the, we're doing the Connect token sale right now. Um, and that wraps, uh, in a couple hours here, actually. Um, and then, uh, we've been trying to push out the MVP for Crux, uh, get, get the, uh, we want to get accounting done actually by the end of the year. So everyone can do their taxes. Um, so Louis finished a, an API for that one. And that's been, it's, it's quite extensive because, you know, you got, with the wrap tokens, the, uh, you know, you had duck pools tokens, you've got your liquidity tokens on spectrum, but then you've also got state liquidity in the yield farm. Uh, and it just kind of stacks on top of stacks. And then, uh, you know, what we're doing is like your cost basis and, uh, sort of like when you bought the tokens, what your average cost basis is, what your profit and loss is for like the day, the year, all these things kind of become really complicated when everyone has different standards for how they wrap tokens and everything. So, uh, it's been, Louis has been working really hard on that one and we'll have it pushed out pretty soon here. So yeah, it's been an interesting month. That's for sure. Yeah. You guys are doing awesome with Crux. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
And we've also been working on Pidea in the background, uh, pushing out the UX updates and just trying to get it easy to use. I don't know if you guys, you guys have used the beta yet, but... Uh, well, how's, how's that going? How's the testing going? Are you getting good feedback from that? We're getting fantastic feedback, and a lot of people are using GitHub issues and, and bringing... Uh, like uh reporting the bugs and and making suggestions on how we can improve the user experience so that's been going great uh i think we're on schedule we plan to release sometime in january february the full version um so we're just updating the create a dao section because right now there's just the idea dao so we'd like to let people test uh creating their own DAOs. so that's coming up soon and I, i'm sure a lot of people are excited to try that out uh and then we're just testing the platform. We need to, uh, there's certain things we need to update, like people can curse as much as they want and make the names include anything they want. So I think we need to set some filters for that. But uh, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, lots to do though, still. It's a kind of a huge project. You're saying we won't be able to curse on the full version of Padilla once it's up? You'll have to spin up your own version if you want to have a fully uncensored experience. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> just uh i don't want to host uh certain things on our own website you know as, i'm not so worried about swearing now and then i'm more worried about uh you know various other things so we want to allow DAOs to moderate their own comment section that kind of thing gotcha looks like we lost joe on video so it's just me showing on the screen until andy fixes that but um um there we go. He's splitting us back up again. Joe, you rugged the video. You oh, are so I, good at rugging shit. Zoom hates, <laughs> hates me every time I end up rugging this thing. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, so what's um what's um uh Joe, can you speak for people? Cause uh there was a question out on um a chats the other day about the complexity oh. of what what the watchers would look like uh, for somebody that wanted to run it and the, the barrier of entry for people that wanted to do it. And the idea right. that if, if, it, if it could be more simple, then you could get a lot more people, uh, you know, staking their rows in to be able to get a token to be able to run mm -hmm. a watcher. Sure. Uh, well, let's start with the basics, right? There's hardware requirements. Um, you know, if you're gonna be a watcher, what you're doing is you're looking for outgoing transactions on a specific chain. Right, so that means like uh, if I'm going to be watching Ergo, I'm going to be looking at uh, tokens or coins that are leaving the Ergo network. Right, um, that way, you know, basically I'm watching the guard wallet in in simple terms. Um, now, if I'm going to be running, let's say on the Cardano side, again, there's hardware requirements. Right, I've got to be watching that chain. Uh, same thing, I'm watching kind of like the inbound. Um, which is the outgoing transactions. Um, so, you know, as uh, Rosen scales, uh, you're going to have multiple watcher sets that are watching uh, different, you know, blockchains, different ecosystems, right? And it's one of those things where when you have, when you look at it from like the hardware requirement, um, you know, there's always going to be some friction there, but there should be, uh, you know, in my opinion, right? It's It's kind of like if you're running a, uh, more robust node, I guess, um, you know, you simply need, uh, you know, the hardware requirement to do that. Right. And Rosen's is not specifically like that heavy relative to most nodes in the space, but, 
uh, it is going to require some computational power, right? Then there's this idea of civil resistance, right? And, and basically what that means is uh, you want to create some cost burden so that someone can, um, you know, in essence, be multiple actors for free, right? So being a uh, watcher requires collateral, right? And what that means is that if I want two watchers, the cost of that scales. Um, and that's ultimately a good property to have, you know, otherwise, you know, what's to stop me from, you know, having 10 watchers, 50 watchers, right? There needs to be some cost burden that makes it expensive to do so, right? It's like a, it's not necessarily an economic penalty because of the, um, collateral itself is, is fully redeemable, but it does create a barrier there. Um, so I, I do think that in time we probably will see, uh, you know, I, I would assume like watcher packages that are dockerized to where, uh, you know, people will, uh, be able to, you know, run multiple watchers at, you know, let's say in parallel. Uh, and that's fine. It'll just require the collateral to do so. But, uh, you know, sometimes people forget, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a crypto thing in, in my opinion. Right. It's like, uh, you know, proof of work is bad because it takes work and it's like, yeah, but the work's kind of the point, right? You're adding energy to the chain. You know, uh, sometimes people do not want to be a peer in peer to peer networks. Uh, you know, they, they want like as, as little, you know, effort and energy as possible, which is a positive thing from, from like the, uh, user experience side of things, right. We could always improve it, uh, you know, make it, uh, let's say easier, have better educational materials, tutorials, that kind of thing. But, you know, sometimes people want something for nothing and, uh, yeah, that, that's not going to operate very well. You know, it's going to require some computational requirements, some collateral, uh, and then there's also this idea of strategy because, you know, Rosen is uh, somewhat similar to like how miners can add uh, transactions, uh, you know, from the mempool and pull it into blocks, right? Where if I have a re if I have like this ability to report a transaction, um, you know, maybe I'm going to have a strategy, uh, you know, for that. Uh, you know, there might be a race for larger transactions because there's a I don't know, bigger economic payout potentially on the fee side. Uh, some people may want to say, I'm just going to go for what is less popular and, you know, try to get paid more often and kind of put my permit to work more. It'll be interesting to see. I'm not exactly sure, uh, you know, how different strategies will develop, but I assume that they will. Yeah. On top of that too, for people not on the technical side, I think, People tend to forget that you can still leverage your 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 funds, your tokens, with somebody that is technical. You could partner up, or perhaps there would be somebody offering to say, technical wise, it doesn't have the money for a guard or the money for a watcher that would offer to run the hardware for you and split it at that point. So people people shouldn't rule that kind of stuff out with those kind of collaborations. Yeah, I mean, in theory, you could have a project that, you know, bribes watchers and says, hey, if you see my token coming to the wallet, I want you to, you know, confirm it as fast as possible and I'll give you a little tip or something. Like, there's a lot of 
like market forces at play that, that could develop over time. Let's see. Cool. Should we hear questions? Yeah, let's get to it. Wait, who's running questions? Is that you, Joe? Oh, yeah. That is me, actually. <laughs> I don't we'll, sit, we'll sit back and wait. <laughs> My favorite one is for a question to Marty. Wouldn't I dare? Oh, how dare you, Louie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, we are, we are hoping to... We are targeting sort of like an end of end of January, sometime February uh, for the main release, but uh, you know that could change. Um, it would be better to have closer to finished product than to rush delivery of the product. I think, uh, and of course, part of the reason that we're taking this long is because we want to see if the platform breaks, uh, and then we can patch it before you guys put your money on it. Um, when you use Pydea, you have to put the treasury into the smart contracts that we built, uh, in order for the platform to really make any sense, unless you're just using it for like basic voting. But, uh, but in order to use those smart contracts and trust them with your treasury, it's, it's better if we give it a little bit of time to find some of the bugs, the potential bugs. I mean, um, when you're designing brand new smart contracts, in a in a system that you know I, I don't know if anyone's really done uh down management in the way we have uh i know nobody has on ergo so it, it, you know there's there's only so much you can really like simulate and account for without actually seeing it on chain so it'll be good to have you know a little bit of a longer period where we just properly test it uh before we start trusting it with anyone's money so you know, even if we do release January, February, I caution people to start slow. Don't drop your entire treasury on there right off the bat. Good. Feedback. All right, looks like next is from Rico Staines. When Bitmain Ergo Miner. Uh, I don't know. QX, do you have uh, any updates for us uh, from the Bitmain side? Who's Bitmain? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. You know, I, I hope we never see uh, Ergo Bitmain Miner. Personally, I'm a big fan of uh, ASIC resistance. You know, and uh, that's something that uh, I think that every GPU chain needs to be somewhat cautious of, right? Uh, the ASIC manufacturers in this space work every day to capture market share, right? They have their R and D departments. Luckily, right now, I don't think they have the manufacturing capacity. Uh, to make uh, like a pure uh, auto lipos V2 ASIC. I think it's it's doable on a, a FPGA, but at this point, I don't think it's within uh, Bitmain's wheelhouse to do so. But I think it's something that if chains are serious about, uh, you know, remaining, uh, you know, GPU friendly, uh, ASIC, you know, resistant, that takes perpetual work, in my opinion. Uh, that's not something that, you can just set once and forget because you know you're basically choosing to be uh, a mouse right and the cat's always coming right it is within bitmain's uh you know desire to capture as much of the mining market as they can and so you know personally i'm a fan of uh having you know ongoing r d continuously for you know potential uh changes you know whether it's 
the mining algorithm itself, uh, you know, the difficulty adjustment algorithm, and, you know, having plan B, right? Because if you're going to choose to be the mouse, you need to have plan B from time to time. We've seen that uh, in multiple chains. You know, Monero is a good example where it's periodically it's had to fork and, uh, because they're like, hey, we want to try to remain uh, on the CPU, right? So I, I do think that long-term, um, you know, that's a strategy that hopefully GPU miners out there care about. You know, I, I sometimes really wonder, uh, looking in this space, but that's a side topic that's not worth uh, going down, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, um, uh, what's it called? Um, in the SIG chat, um, with our SIG mining pool, you know, the, the over intent of that was to educate miners and group them together so that they would actually care and and move these kind of things forward and, and pay attention to this. And a really interesting thing happened uh, last week. Um, one of the SIG members was very interested in the difficulty adjustment uh, that occurred in EIP-37 during the ETH merge. Um, so they wanted some more data with that. So we're actually <laughs> diving hard into that kind of thing. Um, it took over the SIGs mining channel specifically for that. And there's been a lot of data thrown out there about what it looked like, what it looks like now, what the, whatever that, uh, what was it, a five terahash or two terahash rig that keeps jumping off and on, uh, looks like how that's affecting price, uh, the differences between price and difficulty. Uh, all that data is flying across in the SIG mining chat that we're looking at right now to see if we can um, make some tests. Uh, MGPy has a duplicate of uh, mainnet fired up on testnet. Um, we're going to see if we can start mining that with some of our spare GPUs. And then we're going to start throwing test scenarios at it where a large hash rate jumps off and on uh, and go from there, just so we can kind of have a controlled environment to, to see what we can do and see if there can be any performance improvements. So. That's uh, a group like that's exactly what I would love to see uh, be on the forefront of, you know, if ASIC Minings or Bitmain starts developing something for Ergo, then this group would hopefully, you know, uh, know that and do what they need to do to uh, keep GPU mining um, in the business here. Yeah, it's something that, you know, it, you need to have plan B there because, you know, if an ASIC comes out, let's say in theory, uh, you know, depending on the efficiency of it, you know, GPU miners have a limited window, get their shit together. If they're going to try to, you know, turn the train, right. That's, that's not something that really has a long time horizon. Um, you know, hopefully we don't get there. And then there's also other interesting questions, longer term, right. What's hardware going to look like in five years, right. Uh, you know, that's really hard to say, in my opinion, um, you know, depending on how, you know, technology evolves every once in a while, there's new standards. Uh, so it, it's, uh, you know, if you're going to try to say, okay, we're going to stay with uh, general purpose hardware, um, you know, just that in and of itself, uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, its own challenge depending on how general purpose hardware evolves. So that's something that if we're going to be the cat, which I'm, or, or the mouse, so to speak, uh, which I'm a fan of. I think ASIC resistance is powerful. I think, you know, offering the capacity for, you know, hobbyists, home miners to contribute and support the network in some, in a meaningful way is, is a lot more democratic than saying, okay, well, you can go to like one or two companies and, you know, buy some specialty circuit and, you know, it's, it's just a lot more open, democratic, and, you know, I, I would say resistant to manipulation, but, uh, 
You don't want to centralize the supply chains either. Exactly. Exactly. There's already a ton of consumer grade hardware in the you know broader market, and you know even you know I, I've known a couple of miners that even though they don't necessarily have the most competitive uh, power costs, you know what they do is they recycle. You know they're pulling apart uh, different uh, computers and pulling out GPUs, plugging them in, and having fun. Oh wow. <laughs> Joe's about to rug us again. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's the ASIC miners coming for him. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's well, that's stabilizing. Oh, we forgot to mention that uh, ErgoHack um, uh, seven results came out. Uh, the final judge finally got their shit together last night and sent in their results. So uh, it looks like uh, first place was analog atomic swap market. Um, uh, second place was Hodlebox. Third place was Ergo Poor Man's Wallet. And special prize goes to uh, the MetaMask integration. Um, Marty, you've been following that at all? You have um, you been following any of the uh, submissions for ErgoHack? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have much free time this month uh, to um, check it out. So, yeah, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. So Atomic Swap's fantastic. It's it's going to be trustless kind of cross-chain swapping, which is 100% needed in um, an ecosystem like Ergo. Uh, it's been working on for quite a while by, I believe it's Death Gripson. Um, fantastic tool. Can't wait to see it um, uh, in the wild. Hodlebox, I don't think, needs an explanation. That's been out in the news here for quite a while. Um, Ergo Poorman's Wallet, for those of you that didn't look um, at ErgoHack, really damn cool. So I believe for $10, um, uh, Nishta, I think, or Nishta, is that how you pronounce it, Joe? Nishta? Nitrum, Nitrum, Nitrum. Um, uh, Nitrum developed this... um, Using using parts and little boards you can get from, like... um, uh, those the the sites uh, over um, in Asia uh, for very cheap it created um, a hardware wallet that you can USB into your PC and have a little OLED screen uh, to display some things all for ten bucks. So absolutely super cool that the barrier of entry for something like a hardware wallet is something you can a hobbyist follow those instructions put together yourself. And um, and go from there, as opposed to paying you know fifty seventy five bucks for a, a ledger device. Um, you could make it yourself, where all the trust lies with you, which is pretty neat. Uh, and then we all, ledger, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the the of course the special prize for MetaMask integration uh, was super cool. That was um, uh, right, Captain Nemo's team, I believe, um, to do that. So there's a little video out there on his recent Twitter post that you can see. Uh, from, um, so congr- Congrats to all those winners. Absolutely fantastic there. Um, super exciting. So you can use Ergo on MetaMask now? Uh, well, in the builds they're working on, correct. And I believe he also did something with MetaMask that makes it so that you can spend, um, uh, or maybe it was Nautilus. I thought it was MetaMask and Nautilus combined or something, where you can spend um, uh funds in the mempool as well so essentially you can chain you can chain transaction things that came come into your wallet which is which is pretty neat i know that's probably not something you're gonna use for a dex or that spectrum would allow but um um it's it's pretty neat did we lose joe andy 
I think my audio is still in my video. Oh, you're still here. Perfect. That's great. Uh, All right, what's, the, what, what's the next question there, Joe? All right. So uh looks like the next question is going to be when Rosen. Um, I will say two weeks. No, I think I think we're within the two week time frame, right? Uh, depends on the uh, guards at this point. Um, you know the, how that's coordinated uh, in terms of the cold wallets. Uh, Multi sigs are doing well, so I think we're doing pretty good in terms of uh, our launch. I think uh, MHS said what he's shooting for one week now, so let's just say one week instead of two. Can I quickly answer a question here I saw? Sure. Uh, Augustus Kent asked, could Rosen and Pidea be used in conjunction? Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Rosen's going to require a lot of management, actually, uh, from the guards, uh, you know, where you need that type of governance tool. That's actually quite a powerful thing uh, for uh, Rosen itself so I, i'd certainly push for it um you know it's one of those things i know that we're still moving towards uh you know kind of the wind paideia uh, but once yeah. we get once we get there certainly i think that type of robust map tool is a powerful thing and i would hope that every application that's serious uh moves in that direction to where you get the transparency and uh kind of on-chain assumptions in terms of management it's just like the discord DAO stuff. Yeah, and also uh, you can use Rosenbridge to, like if you had a token on another chain, you could use Rosenbridge to wrap your token on Ergo and then use Pydea with your token. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just another step. If, like if somebody had a Cardano token, they could they could wrap it on Ergo, but then have keep their tokenomics the same and and, you know, have everyone wrap to use their DAO, and then if they wanted to sell, they just have to unwrap back to Cardano and sell their token. But yeah, hundred percent that that that's possible. That's that would would be an interesting emergent uh, feature of idea. All right, let's see what do we have next. All right, next one. If I had to guess roughly when Rosen would be up and running fully, are we talking 12 months, six months, or weeks? So I'll let the two of you answer that. You're both privy. You're in the guard side. Well, Passing we to... the buck. <laughs> <laughs> we have to decide what to call the tokens first. Yeah. Yeah, there's some it's a huge conversation. That is very interesting. Stuff. Yeah. The for those of you that are wondering what we're talking about, there's the option of um of what a token looks like when it's wrapped. Um, the some suggestions were that it should just be indicated that it's part of the Rosen Bridge and then the token name. Uh, others said, you know, depending on if there are stable coins involved, it could get messy. So you might want uh, some indication that it's part of the bridge, the token name, and the network that it came from, or the network that it's on right now. Um, and then yeah lots of lots of fun discussions actually going on in that chat even even currently i haven't checked out this morning but um some some really interesting ideas when you when just when you think that 
just when you think that, oh yeah, that sounds like a decent idea. You know, one of the other uh, 10 or so guards in there pops in and says, oh yeah, but this and this, something you don't think of. So really, really nifty. Marty, what's your opinion on how those should be labeled cross-chain wraps? You're muted. You're muted, buddy. Whoops. Uh, me personally, I think we should stick to convention and stick to something like our ETH or RS ETH, um, similar to how there's like W ETH or other wrapped tokens have just sort of that one or two letters as a prefix. Um, but then some of the guys were saying they want more information. So it'd be like, what was, what was one of them? R RSN dot ADA dot ergo. And the third row would be sort of the network it's on. And the second row would be the name of the token and the it'd be prefixed with like RSN or something. Um, so I don't know, how would that look in, if you're trading and you're scrolling through uh, a DEX and all the names are super long like that? I don't know if that would work. Although I do I do understand the, uh, the suggestion to have more information for people, so. Yeah, at some point, you know, we you have to rely on the wallets. Like we took a look at some of the multi-network wallets as well as the central exchanges, you know, and they do a pretty good job of saying that this is this would be uh, RSN ADA, and then above it, it would show that it's on the um, Ergo blockchain essentially. So you you'd see it visually there, but then that's of course relying on those entities to to do that, which is okay. Oh, Joe's get, Joe's trying to video back again. Let's see. This is it changes every time he does it. It changes the. I know. I hope nobody's high watching this because they're going to be freaked out. <laughs> Andy just gave up. Andy's like, whatever. We'll just leave Joe with infinity recursions <laughs> going going up. I want. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Rosen's going to be available in. Um, if we had to guess, you said a week, Joe. Is that what you said? I'm hoping a week. I think we. I think I'm going to say one week instead of two weeks now. Um, I'm going to say I'll say a week and a half. We still got to get those watchers in play. Yeah, that's true. The watchers. It depends on how quickly they set up. Yeah. We still got to make sure that all the guards know how to sign a multi-sig wallet too. So yeah. far, so far, everybody's generated the keys successfully. That's fantastic. So I think everybody's mm -hmm. more than capable. So I, I don't expect any errors or issues there. All right. What do we got for another question, Joe? Uh, let's say, do you think Bitcoin would reach hundred K this bull market? Well, my professional financial advice is going to be that it's going to move to the right and it's going to move in a jagged story. <laughs> Classic Joe. Um, Bitcoin's still 2013, then. Yeah. Arminio, when will Ergo get listed on new exchanges? That's usually up to them, right? We're continuously in contact with them. Uh, Depends. Uh, depends on what the ask is, right? It's usually not something that's done as a public service. It's just uh, the money. So, um, ongoing discussions right now. Even I know Dan's talking with a few in the U.S. So let's see. Let's see how uh, negotiations uh, proceed there. Obviously, you know, with like the latest Binance drama, um, I guess it uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out long term, right? There's a, what if you some... spent, hmm? you know, what if you had spent like a quarter million on Binance? 
Yeah. And then out of nowhere, it's like the U.S. They're out of the U.S. You know, there's yep. so many risks yep. also, like with the with the asks that these exchanges have, and then the fact that they barely can stick around. I mean, every day there's a new SEC. They're uh, a liability. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, like if you look at it from a treasury perspective, unless there's a good deal, they're a liability. Um, and you, you have know, to be careful. Can, yeah. People can disagree with that, but also I can point to, you know, FTX, I can point to Binance and I can point to ongoing discussions that, you know, what's happening in the back end where, uh, you know, if we would have paid project would be in trouble. Right. So I think, uh, yeah. conservative uh, approach is best here, especially when you're talking about funds that are used for, you know, core infrastructure development, you know, critical parts of the system. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of, uh, kind of the modern scheme where projects are very beholden to exchanges. I think a lot of them have, uh, some sketchy things going on and let's see, that's my opinion. If so, uh, they, you know, they get in trouble, I'm not going to shed a tear for them. All right. Uh, let's see. Is Rosenbridge going to launch with a centralized exchange integrated with it? Uh, no. Let me reload the questions. My own. It's showing up. Okay, good. All right. Next is for Marty. I'm here to support you, Marty. Uh, by the way, is it possible for Coinecta Ergopad to bring Tabby POS to Cardano without harming the interests of Ergo EPOS holders? I think that that would depend on how the tokenomics are organized. Uh, it's always possible. Um, but you have to consider, you know, if you dilute current investors, are you going to reduce the value of their investment? Uh, so if the Tabby POS team is interested in having that discussion, I'm always open to it. Uh, they've been showing, uh, you know, that they're, they're a strong team. I mean, they've, I, I, I appreciate their frequent updates and it looks like they're quite close to going to market. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think, I think it would be good to have them support multiple chains. Definitely. If not, you know, as many as possible. So if we can do it without uh, a negative impact on current investors, I think that's a good thing. So we're open to it. That'd be interesting to watch. That's that's very interesting because Tabby POS is already fully out on Ergo to see. You know, the, there's also other tools, tools Lee. Um, for those of you who don't know, Lee is um, um, Tabby POS, essentially. Um, you know, there's the... Um, uh, the auction coin protocol. That's a really, really neat way to, to launch. I'm not speaking against Ergopad or Padilla, Marty, fantastic tools, but, um, auction coin protocols, absolutely fantastic for that kind of thing and would work essentially if it were ported over to the Cardano ecosystem somehow. Whereas you let the, um, the buyers and the, the, um, community kind of decide the price and determine the price based on what they bid on the token and then what they, uh, swap it on the exchange for and build that up so it's very very organic growth there that could really cut out the the um uh watering down of the ergo side uh with arbitrage back and forth um by releasing that at cardano so that, that'd, be, that'd be interesting but either way if tabby pos works with you guys marty that, that, that'll be fun to watch to see how you guys solve that issue right 
let's see what do we have next uh question for joe could you speak on the catalyst proposal onboarding ethereum and evm ecosystems to cardano via rosenbridge sure um so if you look at what rosenbridge uh is for like net intent what does it do uh it opens external markets right and so i'm you know i'm pretty aware of the exchange costs and uh the reality is even if you look at most cardano uh like native tokens uh they experience the same friction same costs uh, in terms of getting listed on market right uh, if you look at the projects there, the large tokens, not many of them have major uh, exchange exposure. Um, part of the reason why is because there's an economic burden there. Um, now, one thing that Rosen does, and it's and it's essentially part of its design, is it's designed to open market access for projects. Um, you know, the people will oftentimes ask, well, you know, what do you think about, like, uh, Thorchain as an example, and and Thorchain is is pretty useful if you're a user wanting to swap, you know, a major coin basically. But if you're you know building something, if you're you know a smaller project and you're trying to access, uh, you know, external liquidity, um, there's a lot of friction required. You know, I I can I know Marty will have some insight because he's. Uh, talk to different exchanges about their requirements, how much they would you know, charge, the legal aspects of it, et cetera. Um, that's a heavy burden, right? And so if you expect, you know, projects or ecosystems themselves to just, you know, just continuously get taxed by, uh, you know, that market costs, it's very difficult to grow. Um, so Rosen is kind of the, uh, ergo hack version of we can move assets uh, in a way that has clear assumptions, right? Which most exchanges don't even have clear assumptions. You don't know how it works under the hood. You don't know what their security um, parameters are going to be like. You don't know what their multi-sig distribution is going to look like. You just hope that it works and you don't you know, wake up one day and say, oh, it got hacked, right? Um, so we tried to come up with a system that would allow projects in the you know, uh, crypto space to be able to access external markets without all of that friction, which ultimately saves their treasury for more important things like development, right? Um, so our hope is that uh, if you look at how Rosen essentially works, it's like an airport network. Every time you add a node in that network or a new chain, you have all of the other uh, destinations available. So, you know, as uh, Rosen spins up, it sure, it, sure, it'll be point to point, but you know, as uh, new uh, chains are supported, uh, it opens up kind of the viability of multiple ecosystems, which grows in power uh, as Rosen evolves. Let's see. I, I think I agree, and Joe, like it would be good to not be beholden to any centralized exchange uh they're kind of a necessary evil at the moment in blockchain but really they they're not an ideal solution to exchanging tokens so if we can if we can circumvent their sort of uh control at the moment it would be it would be a great thing for everyone involved 
Yeah, they, they occupy one thing that's unique, right? And, and essentially what they do is they sit in this middle ground uh, between legacy systems and blockchain. You know, and, and so they'll facilitate transfers between, you know, whatever your uh, banking system is to, uh, to access crypto assets. Um, but in terms of that position, you know, it definitely is something where, you know, I, I can question like the purpose of some exchanges. If they don't have, you know, fiat rails, uh, you know, then usually either they have no KYC, which, you know, offers users a certain benefit, or they have some DGN leverage that maybe is covered or maybe not. It's hard to say, right? Um, it's a, I don't know, it's a mixed bag. There's a lot of exchanges out there. Uh, you know, I can't say that I can advocate for any of them because I can't see inside any of them. I have no idea how they work. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, the AX exchange is good. Maybe they have a good history, right? But I can't see what's happening on the inside. So I have no idea. Anybody's guess. Yeah. It works uh, until it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see, Wombo22 for Marty. Uh, could you provide some examples of DAOs that can use Pydea? I think there's a lot of use cases for Pydea. Um, the main one is just simply like, you know, the basic DAO. People want to share a treasury and have votes on it so that, you know, it's not, you don't give that to one person and, and hope that they act in the best interests of everyone who's involved. You let uh, the group manage the group owned asset. Uh, so examples of that could be, you know, if uh, let's say there's a minimum investment for a certain investment, like you need 50 grand to invest in something. Um, but I only want to put 10 K in uh, as do four of my friends, we could all put, our 10k into a treasury and then we can vote on sort of how it's used uh or if that investment then yields a, a tokenized asset we now have the tokenized asset in the treasury and if we decide to sell it as a group based on votes we could sell it as a group and we don't have to trust one individual um this kind of thing allows multiple individuals who don't necessarily even trust each other to manage something that they own together uh so uh, the other example would be like uh, the Rosenbridge group could uh, use it to manage shared assets, even though we're different people all over the world and we don't always agree. It would be, uh, you know, they could put the, the shared funding on the, on the DAO management software and manage it that way. Um, you know, I think there was another one where uh, people would, by what was that what was that game axie infinity people would buy assets together because the assets got quite expensive and you know they'd one person would play for eight hours and then they pass the axie to the next person and they'd play for eight hours uh if you could put your your axes on a, a dow and 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 the income from using them would go into the dow you could you could vote that way and i think there will be a lot of emergent uh emergent use cases uh, and with, there's more summaries on the website as well. What about what about non-treasury or income-based? Uh, just a group of people looking to make uh, decentralized, trustless decisions. That works too. I mean, you can 
you don't have to have money involved in a vote. You can just have a vote that's on chain. And that way, you know, at least know that the vote is, is handled in a decentralized way. It's not like you don't, you don't take a box on a Google sheet and, and have somebody just tally those up, right? Like it's actually done on chain. So that's another way it can be done is sort of fair voting. I mean, there's no, you can see if there's manipulation because every vote is passed through the blockchain and that's a public ledger. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot of social use cases that haven't been explored too. Like Nergo Poker League, you know what I mean? How do you pay out the winner? How do you know? There's a lot of, you know, even really basic things like that where FIDEA could be quite useful. Uh, let's see. All right, question for QX. Is there a forum now for the community to propose and use the SIGs treasury? What sort of proposals would the SIGs entertain? Um, no, not necessarily um, a place to talk about it as far as that goes. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. No, there should be. I, I know Mark just uh, put up some using ergoplatform.org, the forums, uh, a forum for Twitter advertisement and those kind of things. So there's a chat you can do for that and, and join in that discussion. If you want that link, uh, ping us. Um, so there's already some, I'm scrolling through it right now, there's already some chats about how to uh, spend the treasury necessarily on Twitter advertisements. And we just actually ran a test ad last night for... Um, we picked Rosenbridge just as a test to see how that would do, uh, targeting some Cardano uh, hashtag people, uh, just reminding them what uh, Rosen does and what it brings to Cardano. So that was a little bit of not treasury spend, actually, because that was out of my own pay and Mahatma's uh, donated some money as well. Um, but that seemed to work pretty well. We got in 24 hours, we got 50, 60,000 impressions with about 200 click throughs to um, either the Sigma uh, verse IO website showing everything on the ecosystem or the Rosenbridge website. So that's something that we're poking around and testing. But by all means, head to the um, um, our, our asking chat for the forum and um, start chatting about that. But no, we haven't publicly done anything other than specifically look at Twitter right now for spending on that. Uh, but we're, welcome, we're we're open to all that kind of stuff, you know. And and once again, the, the barrier of entry for uh, SIGCAN to join this group is, um, you know, are you breathing? Can you type? Are you interested, essentially? Uh, just ping us in chat. Uh, or if you don't want to talk to people to get a um, sponsor to jump right in, you can fill out the form on sigmanauts.com, and we vote on it at the end of the month, which is today or tomorrow, this weekend. Uh, to bring people in every month. So yeah, I encourage you guys all to jump in and um, join that discussion. We have about, uh, you know, I think I just went to Connecta Finance, uh, not Connecta, Crooks, Crux Finance uh, two days ago and typed in the SIGS, um, the SIGS uh, treasury wallet into Crux Finance. And it calculated that we have about 30,000 US dollars worth uh, I think mainly because THD just uh, almost doubled in price recently, and we have uh, 4 million of those tokens. So there's 4 million THD tokens, uh, a bunch of SPF uh, tokens as well for that donation, and about 3,700 um, ERG. So combined, that's about 30K. So yeah, hop in, join the discussion, uh, steer us, take over, do whatever the hell you want. Uh, that's what SIGS is for, a community run on a community chain, please. Awesome. 
All right, next is Dig Dug 8 Do you think of a part of the reason there hasn't been broader adoption of Ergo's capabilities has to do with the barrier of entry for normies? Uh, click, exe, install, play, Linux, CMDS. I think that's always some barrier of entry, right? But I also think that there is a ton of traffic in this crypto space of people who don't do anything but speculate and shitpost. That's just like straight honesty, right? Um, where I've I've seen it on Twitter where it's like, oh, you know, I'm the you know decentralized systems expert. It's like, okay, great. What's your node specs? Like where where are you? Are you actually a peer in, in these uh networks or are you just like a DGN investor, right? Um the truth is there's a lot of people that will never touch touch the tech. They just want to gamble. They want price action, speculation. Like that I don't think we'll ever uh see like broader adoption in terms of uh use case unless there's some speculative aspect to draw them in. So in terms of like the uh local host side the you'll have people that will dive into crypto and say well why do these systems matter how do they work why is decentralization important but they you know peer-to-peer network is not talking about like friend to friend you know what i mean it's not talking twitter to twitter that's not that's not like the design and the intent of of the word peer um in these systems. And I think that's something we just have to say, that's the reality. Like we have, you have people that will run infrastructure and uh, participate and make the network resilient. So you'll have people that will use and play, which is awesome. And then you'll have people that won't do anything and will just uh, speculate. And that's always going to happen. So I, I think that depending on like which of those three, like network peer, someone who, you know, plays and is curious and someone who just wants to speculate, it depends where they are on that spectrum. Yeah, I think the the, the takeaway I do, at least with the, the school of thought I'm from, is that uh, systems of design will bend to whatever the users want them to bend to. So no matter what you design or what you have in mind for how it should run, users will find a way to utilize it the way they want to, as you're saying, Joe, with the speculators and the people jumping on 100% for price and profit and gain. So that's going to happen. And if and if our system can be used for that, uh, then there's nothing stopping them. That's That's what it's, you know. I think it'll it'll grow as well when we as we get more apps launched and as Rosenbridge launches, uh, it makes it more accessible. And but you know, people who people who don't care about the tech need things to do, uh, and so we'll have to see more DApps be launched to see more adoption of Virgo. the The tech is there, but it's not always fully utilized by the DApps yet. So that'll come. Looks like our next question slash comment is Louis Vatra says, only people that are high watch this. Looks like Pi Day is going to be delayed, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) It's what is it? It's like three in the afternoon for Louis and he's already high, half baked. (laughs) Man, we're in trouble. All right. Looks like next we got there needs to be a a maybe button in Padilla all over the place. A yes, no, and a maybe. (laughs) Or I'll get to it. All right, uh, next one. Do you think the aggressive emission decrease could be a problem if mining becomes less profitable than it is now? Uh, Sure, in theory. Um, 
but you know, proof of work is also a self-balancing system, right? So if mining becomes less profitable, well, don't mine or mine something else and, you know, move the asset from what you mine into what you want to hold. If you're a miner, um, it is true that, <clears throat> you know, if you look at like storage rent, uh, this idea of demurrage, uh, Ergo has a pretty emission, has a pretty aggressive emission. And that's something that we need to be aware of and develop tools to, you know, assist support. Uh, I, th I think that's uh, certainly one of the challenges of the network. But the truth is, if you look at most emissions, it's always like next generation's problem. Right. And, and that's the number one problem with monetary policy in this world is we're like, you know, what's we're 30 trillion in dollars in debt. What are we going to do? I don't fucking know. Let the next generation figure it out. Right. You know, what is Bitcoin going to do with their emission? They, that's going to be a problem at some point. You know, most um, most crypto assets actually do not have long term economic security. They just don't. They say, well, you know, we'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, you know, so I would say at least Ergo is, you know, moving towards that target at a rapid clip and has a plan in motion to create sustainability in terms of like the economic uh, viability of the protocol. And in most cases, that's not something that uh, they even talk about. They just model it out to where they don't need to for a while. But, you know, how many people that are involved or active uh, are going to be around once that day comes? Uh, so I'd say instead of kicking the can down the road, it's better to uh, try to figure it out initially. Because if it's something that you get right, that's a powerful thing. All right. Yeah. Where are we? So many good questions you can't decide, Joe. Yeah, I got one from Luca that's like all out. Oh, yeah, anyway. that's a good one. Yeah. Any thoughts on how self-insurance could be done on Ergo? Um, oof, that's a that's a broad question. Uh, you know, the simplest is when you have like a small group of actors, you usually have to require a lot of collateral, right? Um, if you can build out the actor set and you're talking about uh, insurance, then you know, more is possible, right? But it also depends on, um, you know, let's say what the redemption or call on that insurance contract is going to be. Uh, I would say even if you look at like, you know, the auto insurance, home insurance, right? You usually have a huge pool of people that are paying into it. And even then it's not always profitable, right? Um, you know, so it's insurance is always a... a it's a hard you're 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 shooting at a moving target it's the only thing i can say it's profitable mm -hmm. until it's not you also with that involved there needs to be some sort of intermediate that makes a decision of whether something is claimable or not in that instance i mean it'd be amazing to have some sort of trustless automated system smart contract that allows pay in and payouts but how do you how do you take away that that's a tough middle man to take away in that aspect mm -hmm. of who gets what yeah, I, I I tend to think that like the only way you could really do that would be uh, through like the continuous accumulation of fees or over collateralization. Like you have to build some insurance pot or pool that's continually uh, being you know seeing inflows uh, 
is, is probably the, more viable than being over collateralized. But uh, I, I don't know. Depends what you're insuring. Depends what the risk parameters are. You could you could start off simple with something that guarantees it could take out the middleman by essentially guaranteeing a full uh, a percentage of payout on an event. So essentially, mm-hmm. if people pay into something that that's you know a certain amount every month or whatever, and that was then used to accumulate more funds somewhere else as well. So that grew uh, with time, uh, and then a percentage of that could be paid out to all users affected or some a subset of users affected based on also reading something on the chain that happened. So essentially it could stay on chain and you could make it trustless and automated as far as that goes. I'm being very generic here, but um, think of like, think of like um, having insurance for some sort of investment somewhere. So you pay insurance into both pools if it goes down, depending on the ins- the investment, and then it could be read on chain about whether that does go down or whether that does pay off for that kind of thing. So insurance on options, or you could build something like that with option yeah. calls. The hardest, the hardest thing there is that um, you know usually you have to quantify risk and then adjust based on the risk, and that's very hard to do and and uh no it's it's hard to do on chain i haven't seen it done meaningfully but certainly like a multi-billion dollar question to tackle i guess uh see looks like we're about 10 minutes overtime Uh, we started we started about 15 late joe okay all right let me leave you what's the next one um there is a KYC requirement for the transactions we'll have to make on the platform. What documents are required for KYC? If any, finally, what are the transactions you can do without KYC? There is one thing that's required and that's your private key. Don't touch, share that with anybody. Um, let's see. Although sometimes, you know, some people get weird join us chat and they say papers please it's telegram <laughs> do you guys want to talk about the regulatory kerfuffle and charles rent against bitcoin maxis uh so, sure uh, where's that question or am i skipping somebody am i skipping another good one i, I don't know pull it up Just see the question that one was uh ursa minor 2010 it's like 10 up from the bottom joe not even yeah. like seven up from the bottom. All right, give me a minute. If we have time, there's also one about the uh, security assumptions on Rosen. Thought that was a good one too. Marty, what is your take on the regulatory kerfluffle and Charles Rant about BTC maxis? Is ADA a security? Is it a commodity? Is ergo? Is there a difference between money and commodity? What do you guys think? Well, it's your name, Marty. You got to go first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marty, are, you sure, are you sure you're not Ursa Minor? You type that question to yourself. <laughs> I think Charles loves to do to give rants, and uh, you know it gets people talking about stuff. So I think it, it's effective and it works and it brings attention to uh, Ada which in turn can bring a bit of attention to Ergo since we're kind of building on both. So um, I don't know. I think what, 
What's the backstory, um, Marty? Uh, Casp- the 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 um, the lawsuit named Ada as a security in it. Some one of the yeah. paragraphs was that it. But just recently, Charles went on a big rant about that, and he was cursing at the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission and uh, going off on you know why why is Cardano a security? Why isn't Bitcoin? And he actually claimed that they did not do an ICO. Although I think that's untrue. I think they did an ICO in Japan. I'm pretty sure that's a fact, but uh, I still think that the uh, SEC is just throwing darts at a dartboard and trying to gather as much money as they can. And Gary Gensler uh, may be a puppet for uh, some greater forces at play, but uh, I don't know. Is ADA secure? Even if ADA was considered a security, what difference would it, would it make? Because it's it's not really a centralized entity. So who are they going to find? If they find IOHK, that won't change anything. ADA will still be ADA. Uh, you know, and, and that's sort of the test is, is your cryptocurrency decentralized enough that it's resistant to actors such as the SEC coming for you? Um, you know, I think, I think the market is going to react to something like that and the price is going to have an impact. Uh, but I think that's just the market being the market and, and people making uh, emotional decisions rather than thinking about the facts. The facts are, you know, ADA is probably one of the most decentralized cryptocurrencies because of how they've set up their proof of stake. Uh, it also tends to be a plutocracy in some ways, but, uh, you know, it's it definitely behaves much more like a cryptocurrency than some of the others. And And what Charles said about Bitcoin having you know, three people, three groups that you can subpoena to take down the network. Uh, there's some truth to that. There are three major mining pools. And if you impact one of them, you will have an impact on the Bitcoin network. But then the, the why wouldn't the hash just go somewhere else? Um, so the, the, the fact remains that if you have a cryptocurrency that's sufficiently decentralized, it doesn't matter what the SEC does or what they say or how Gary Gensler thinks or what lawsuits they throw at you as long as you don't have a centralized entity in control uh you're okay so that's my take on the whole thing charles i i like when he yells and gets all upset because it gets people talking and it brings attention to cardano so that's my take what do you think I, ux i used to watch charles a lot back in the days of my early ada cardano investments and it was always inspiring to watch him just when you feel some bear market blues you hop on you listen to charles rant you gain a little more guster and fortitude in your conviction so yeah i mean i don't know i don't have much i don't have much to say on that but just because i haven't followed it too much uh too busy with ergo but uh what you what you were speaking about actually brings up a good point um it would be interesting if there could be a name or a word or a ranking system to be able to not quickly but efficiently apply to a chain to say look if these central entities like let's say ef went away tomorrow let's say mm-hmm. kushti uh, decided he didn't like ergo anymore and was moving on to fairgo or whatever or something else um, how would that affect the network? So it would be nice to be able to have a framework there to be able to put over top of Cardano, put over top of Bitcoin, put over top of Casper or or whatever, Solana, and say, what ranking do you have there that says, you know, how decentralized you truly really are? And then we could have well, a number to display that. I, I think that'd be really, does that exist somewhere? Am I missing that? Or 
No, because there's a ton of complexity that gets buried. I know it'd be really difficult. That's for sure. Um, there's a ton of complexity there that you that generally people don't even look at. Uh, you know, miners would mine, so the network would be fine. Uh, but then you could say, okay, well, you know, what about mining pools, right? Well, usually mining pools are not running like one server, right? They're running redundant servers all around the world. So then usually each site has its own little operator because, well, you have server distribution, right? Some of them uh, are cloud hosted. Some of them are more, you know, metal. Now, so even you know, pool, their backend may not be the same as another pool, uh, to where, you know, one person might have a lot more reach or influence, uh, than another, uh, there's a lot of complexity there, but I do think at the end of the day, the question Marty brought up is the only thing that matters. Like the cool thing about Bitcoin has always been that, uh, governments and regulatory bodies did not understand how they could stop it. They said, wait a second, even if we were to somehow knock out all the miners, if there's a node out there that has the whole history that comes back online, guess what? This thing, you know, we, we can't kill this thing, right? And, and ultimately, I think that's the real question that um, communities should focus on is, you know, uh, how do you make the, your network unstoppable, unkillable to where, you know, a worst case, I don't know, we have... <laughs> like, you know, massive disruption and in internet service and, you know, regulatory, you know, crackdown, how hard of an environment could your network survive in? Uh, because the truth is, you know, we have these uh, crypto networks that they were spun out in, in sunny days, right? I think they have, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff out there with very, very weak uh, assumptions in an actual hostile environment. And, you know, I, I, I love uh, the part of crypto that focuses on that type of resiliency right hey how do we mine through thor or you know how do we uh do all kinds of uh you know interesting things that make the network more resilient how do we run a full node on a smartphone right uh you know how, how could we package that into an application to where you know people are running uh, you know, knows and it has minimal requirements. They don't even know and it makes the network more survivable. But, you know, when you're talking about what's your regulatory uh, classification, usually that has to do with the number go upside more than the actual like technical resilience uh, approach. So I, I think ultimately that's what's more important at the end of the day. And the, the cool thing about Ergo is that I know for a fact and through doing it that if something happens somewhere, I can spin up Run a node every... within yeah, you... a couple minutes. I can install Stratum and even I, even if I want to go beyond installing Stratum and install Mining Core, I can do that and invite my buddies to mine with me immediately. Within half a day, I can have that set up and running and continue on the network. So, Yeah, that type of resiliency matters. Um, you know, and, and the truth is how much, again, I go back to the question we had earlier, how much of the people that are, you know, spouting off at the mouth, talking shit, don't run anything, you know, they're talking about the number go up. It's, they run their know, mouths, Joe. Yeah. It's really different. easy to talk. Yeah. I'm Doesn't sure there's even effort. out there that, you know, they're not even running their own node. They just own some Bitcoin and they're like, you know, we're going to the moon. 
And so, you know, if they can, you know, <laughs> kneecap everybody on a regulatory side, it helps them in terms of their financial venture. Has nothing to do with resiliency or peer-to-peer networks or technology. It's just their bottom line. And, you know, the truth is, uh, if that's going to be the focus of this industry, just people's bottom line, we're never going to create, you know, really neat stuff long-term. We're never going to disrupt anything because that's kind of how the world already is structured. So I don't know. I, I see it. There's always some noise and drama in the crypto space is what it is. Uh, I always say build for war, right? I've said that across socials forever. And that's why I think that's what's important. So the SEC can try and hopefully we're, you know, productive little mice with plan B and plan C and, you know, QX can run his own stuff locally and Marty can run his own stuff locally and I can run my own stuff locally and everything's open source and it can be shared across the internet and good luck stopping us. Yep. Exactly. That's the whole point. Yep. I think that's a good place to end it, Joe. All right, everybody. I'm glad uh, my backup camera worked. Uh, Nice to be back on the AMA. Pleasure to have you here, Marty QX. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Marty. Yeah, appreciate it. And thank you, everyone who listened. That was, uh, I appreciate those questions. Where can they find you, Marty? All, are you in all of the eight chats of the eight projects you're in? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, come in the Pidea chat or the Ergopad chat or Crux. We're, we're, we're there. We're answering questions. And, and, you know, we want that constructive feedback. So if you've got something to say about how we're doing things wrong, uh, tell us, because that's the only way we can improve. And tell Louis early in case he's high by the afternoon. Louis loves it when you ask him when, uh, when Pidea. Yeah. Uh, every time I ask him, he just says, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Have a good one. See you, everybody.